Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo coming to you Wednesday night at about 9.30 following yet another amazing win by these Dallas Mavericks as they defeat the Brooklyn Nets 113-111 to on a absolutely bananas uh, Spencer Dimwitty game-winning shot in a game that I don't even know where to start. Maybe we should just start with that play and work our way backwards. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, let's do that because... We might be able to fill our entire podcast time on the final 30 seconds of this game. Uh, bananas. Uh, obviously, I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the highlight a million. Hopefully, you've rewound and watched it a million times by now. Um, but Dinwiddie making that shot. I mean, he's made back-to-back game-winning three-pointers on the road against Eastern Conference contenders both off of Luca drawing attention and giving him the ball. Uh, really similar how both of those plays kind of came together. But th- like this is, I don't know if this is the right way to start, but the craziest part to me about that play was the Nets played that perfectly. Perfectly. Uh, Just they the, blitzed Luca At the they, right time, they, too. I mean, he he kind of panicked. Like, it was yeah. like, oh, no. Because oh, not panic's not right. But, you know, there yeah. wasn't there were not available outlets to him other than Spencer with that amount of time left. Right. And the time was like, they timed it perfectly where he had to give the ball up and Dinwiddie didn't have time. You know, I think Dorian was open in the corner next to him, but I don't think he didn't have real time to swing it. Like, they, mm-hmm. they just timed it perfectly. And it was a contested three over Goran Dragic. And like Drogic is not a small, like he's a guard, but he's but a big man, yeah, six three, six yeah, four, and he's got a wingspan. Like I mean, he was that was a contested shot, and for Dinwiddie to just stick it, I mean, it was just. There's so many narratives we could run with that don't even have to do with like analyzing this game, like just the demons that feel lifted off this team and the bad juju that they've had for the last you know two years. It's felt like it, it just. It feels gone. It just feels like a completely different team. And it's fun. Like, it's just, you know, I thought Mavericks basketball was, I mean, it's always fun to watch Luka. But as we, as I wrote in that column uh, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, covering the team over the last 18 to 24 months, it started to be a drag in a way that it shouldn't when you're covering Luka. Just because of the way the team was playing and the, like, the Kristop stuff was just such a cloud. And I hate to like pin everything on him because by all accounts he was, you know, yeah. a salt a good guy, you know, didn't wasn't a complainer. He he worked hard, you know, he didn't bitch after games necessarily. Um by all, you know, maybe there's stuff that we don't know, but for all that we can observe, he seemed like a perfectly fine guy. He just just didn't work. But I mean, it's undeniable that he that trade and getting him off the team and somehow hitting on Dinwiddie and him giving them what they've gave them. I mean, it's just been an absolute revelation to see not just the results, but just the way it's happening. And and I don't know which part's crazier, the win, like the, the sheer number of wins or the way they're doing it. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we said we would sort of start and work backwards and I think <laughs> it's, it's worth doing that. So I, I want to back up to about the, the, the five minute mark of the fourth quarter. Um, the Mavericks were down four ninety-eight to one hundred two. Spencer Dinwiddie gets a foul and sinks both free throws, and it's one. It's a one hundred to one hundred two. The Mavericks would then take a lead um, on a Jalen Brunson driving layup at one hundred two, one hundred two. They would not trail again 
and basically exchanged baskets with the Nets until Kevin Durant sinks a absolutely bonkers and just why he is one of the best players ever off a just a, a 27 foot three point jumper that gives the, the Nets the lead with 10.6 seconds to go. So the Mavericks held a, a, a slight lead or they, or the game was tied for four full minutes and change. Um, which considering the fact that they were down 79 to 91 to start the quarter is crazy. They held the Nets to 20 points in the fourth quarter after Brooklyn had scored 91 in 36 minutes. And, and, you know, this game, I, I really hope we do some writing on it because what they did against Boston, which was essentially blitz Tatum and make him choose to, to pass, you know, the way that, that the Mavericks often have to deal with, with Luca and only, you know, Marcus Smart shit the bed against with the Celtics the other night. Tonight, Bruce Brown and basically a number of, of Nets just carved the Mavericks up. I mean, it got the Nets into sort of some janky offense at times, but they were scoring repeatedly over and over. They, the Nets had the Nets had 19 offensive rebounds. Okay, this game was a bizarre back and forth series of strategies. And you know, rebounding—I don't want to say rebounding is overrated because it's not—but the Mavericks are basically blowing the doors through any sort of expectations to where. <laughs> You know, I'm having a great time, but people who are much smarter than basketball, like like people that do this for a living, are having a hard time understanding how these Mavericks are winning. I mean, that that's the that's another come from behind double digit win. Yeah, that's it, yeah. This game, Boston Warriors, they Kings. lead the league by like a margin <laughs> that's significant. I don't know the numbers. Yeah, it's I don't crazy. either. But I mean, and then you know, it wasn't a double digit deficit. But I mean, they were down like f- like between five and seven points in the fourth quarter to the Lakers. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's how sustainable this is. Uh, it's it's fun to watch, though. I mean, it's producing some of the most entertaining basketball we've watched uh, in some time in terms of specifically the Mavericks. So you're right; it was absolutely bizarre. Um, what Andre Jumran had eight offensive rebounds just by himself. Uh, he seemingly got every missed shot and had a put back. And then, you know, of course he's a, you know, sorry to cite box score plus minus, but of course he was a minus 11 just to make this game as weird as possible. Um, you know, like Maxi Kleba played 30 minutes uh, and it was one of five and had another disastrous offensive game, but he was plus seven and had three assists and five boards and, you know, was on the floor for the final like two minutes and, and, you know, made contributions despite the fact that we could probably scream for about an hour about uh, how cooked his offensive game is. So like, you're right. It's just, you know, like Dinwiddie at one point, I mean, he was having a pretty bad game through about three quarters. He scored 15 of his 22 in the fourth. Um, like, <laughs> Luka not really doing much until the final like three minutes. Like Luka no, didn't even get looks at the basket. No, I think the thing, like maybe I'll write about it or or if, if I don't, we have to talk about it here. But you mentioned it at the top, you know, right before you handed it off to me. But uh, the key to this game, you know, you're, you start – the fourth quarter down 91-79, and the Nets made their first basket of the, of the first possession of the fourth quarter. So they were down 93-79. And then the Mavericks, from that 
point on outscored the Nets by 10 with Luca on the bench. And that's that's the game, right? I mean, this should have been a 20, like the Nets should have extended that 12-point lead because Durant was on the floor to start the fourth quarter. The Nets should have had a 15 to 20 to 20, you know, you know, a 15 to 20 point lead when Luca returned. And that yep. wouldn't have been like weird because like Luca was off the floor and the role players were kind of scatterbrained at times through the first three quarters tonight. So like the fact that Brunson and Dinwiddie and Brunson, especially uh, at the start of the quarter, it was magnificent because those Mavericks offensive possessions were not really going anywhere. And he kind of pulled rabbits out of hats, uh, mm-hmm. scoring a couple of buckets to start the fourth quarter. I mean, well- you missed the most of the first half, right? Because I missed early game. The second quarter. I missed the second yeah, quarter. I'll, yeah. So I saw the first quarter. So Luca basically kept the Mavericks in yeah. it for the entire first half. He scored 24 points in the first and put uh Andre Drummond in prison. Uh it was it was really it was kind of mean. I mean, Drummond finished with 14 points, 17 rebounds, and a negative eleven stat line. Like he had eight offensive rebounds. He was very important to the to the Nets, but also it was like it, it seemed like Luca liked having him out there because like at one point it, it just felt like abuse. Like what he was doing to to um, Drummond is crazy. And you know, I, I once again saw on on my timeline a number of people just mentioning, "Man, it'd be really nice to have Drummond." And I, let's just say, for the sake of argument. The people don't mean Drummond specifically as much as they mean someone who can grab a flip and rebound beyond Luca. I tend to agree with that point, but the way these Mavericks are playing right now, they the mobile, uh, the the mobility of their defense and the recovery and sort of the trust in the process, they can't have a really big guy who can't move, and and I I I, I don't want to like trying to think how to explain this without sounding like like an ass because i don't want to talk down to people but basically the the mavericks have turned what was their weakness which is the fact that they get crushed by size into a strength because they blitz everyone now i don't know if it's going to work over a seven game series i have kind of my reservations and i kind of think it won't because given time to scheme i think you attack a mavericks defense long enough and it's going to crack but that's the way it goes you know, basketball games are a chess match and this but, go ahead no no no. sorry sorry i'm interrupting your train of thought keep going well it, it's just like the chess match and what they have going right now has resulted in so many wins i have a hard time being critical and wanting someone different when the wins keep happening i mean i see the fault lines and i like i understand the thought process and i also think with what this coaching staff has done that if they go get a big in the offseason just, you know, let's say they sign Andre Drummond. I'm just making this up. I have enough, like, like the coaching staff at the moment has enough rope with me to where I'm going to have to go, okay, you know, let's let's see what they try. Because the thing about this is, is they don't have to play the same style of basketball, but they find ways to adjust quarter to quarter, game to game. That is just so impressive. I, I just, I, I can't really, like stop thinking about the fourth and just how they really shut shut Brooklyn down. Yeah, and you made a point. You're talking about how the Mavericks took one of their weaknesses, which was the fact that they just don't like it. They lack size in the front court, and they're just kind of turning it on its head, and you you know trying to turn that into a strength. And I think the thing is, is they're playing to the strengths of their roster. I mean, we've been watching, you know, Dwight Powell uh, escort guards to the rim for <laughs> five years. 
And I understand that, you know, Dirk Nowitzki was on this roster for a lot of Powell's career. And the Mavericks, when Dirk was on the roster, had to play a certain conservative uh, defensive scheme. Mm-hmm. And what was so frustrating was Dirk retired and and the scheme didn't change. And, you know, you know, I, I am a big Rick Carlisle guy, uh, but I, you know, I will be the first to admit that that defensive scheme, whether it was Carlisle, whether it was the assistant, whoever it was on that coaching staff, Carlisle's a head coach, so he he takes the responsibility. It stunk, and it was not utilizing the the strengths of the players on your roster. Like you have a Dwight Powell who is probably, you know, uh, if you did a foot race of every player his height or taller, he might win it. I mean, or at least did like a lateral drill, you know, mm-hmm. feet shuffling drill across the court. He might win it. And the fact that they were playing def- defense with a guy like Powell who who can move his feet like that, but also kind of has a T-Rex arm wingspan for considering his height. Uh, they're dropping him like he was Rudy Gobert. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, that's not what Powell is good at. You know, he was not a rim protector. He was not a guy that can wall off the paint and could and, and could make offensive players nervous scoring at the rim. Like guys would just score over and through him and, like the amount of of crap that pal took from from the fan base and from from analysts was absurd and i understand it because like you know you can only judge by how the guy's playing you know there were times where he just looked awful on on defense and it's so nice to see a coaching staff be like wait a minute like let's figure something else out because it's obviously this is not a strength for him and the fact that they're playing a more reactive uh, mobile aggressive defense like that suits Kleba and Powell so much more than let's hang back and 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 play conservative and entice guys to shoot mid-range jumpers and, and allow them to walk into 18 footers like it just didn't make any sense um and I'm glad that the Mavericks have fought, you know the coaching staff has figured that out and, and yeah it's gonna get beat uh, occasionally like you saw at times in the first half where you know guys just kind of beat you know, break the pressure and they kind of get some, some buckets on the back line, whether it's a corner three or, or a layup or, or something in the paint. But, you know, at least it's, it, it's better than the alternative, which is just doing something that doesn't fit the the personnel you have. So yep. like, that's, that's what's so encouraging to me uh, about the way the Mavericks play. So do you want to, do you want to see a funny, like a, like this is why plus minus why people hate it for single games and they should yeah. for the record. What do you know? What spent uh, Davis Bertans plus minus was? Uh, I'm looking. I always have the box scrubs. I'm looking at, so I'm cheating. He's uh, a plus yeah. six. <laughs> he got scored on. Goran Dragic scored twelve points on him, like on him <laughs> specifically. Goran, like he's he made Goran look like an All NBA player. Like uh, now that we're kind of through some of the through some of the crazy stuff in this game, I think we have to kind of laugh and nitpick because I don't understand how this team keeps winning games from abroad like points perspective when you have reggie out reggie's missed two key key games reggie is a starter or a top six rotation player like call it what you will then you have dorian finney smith dwight powell spencer dinwiddie jalen brunson luka Doncic. honestly josh green is earned his minutes even though he is just bizarre and then you have maxi kleba maybe and so when i say maybe right now maxi is is his offense is is terrifying he he shot an air ball three from the corner he is pump faking on layups where a 610 guy should rise and dunk the ball thank goodness he hit two free throws um his defense is still really good i'm not taking anything away from that but it's just guys are no longer guarding him like he's the stretch five who doesn't stretch 
And that is a thing that he has to work through. I think he can find his offense again. Like a lot of us and a lot of people are just like, oh, he's cooked. And it's no, it's a confidence thing. Before All-Star, he was just he was killing people. And he's just sunk into a rut after All-Star break. And maybe he'll he'll find his way out of it. I'm glad. Just like I said last game, I'm glad the Mavericks are playing him anyways. But it's I don't know what they do because it's like he's just rolling or he's popping and no one cares like he just it's it's very it's it's very strange um yeah he just has to find a way to keep pulling the trigger i mean that's, right. that's the only thing and then the other guys who are like playing are are sterling brown who is he was negative nine in nine minutes contributed no stats other than one made basket and and two misses uh, Davis Bertans contributed no stats other than one made three-pointer in nine minutes. Frank Nilakrina, uh played for three minutes and, and had one rebound. Um, the Mavericks are seven and a half guys deep, and they're going to – this is just the way this is going to go. I'm probably going <laughs> to talk about it on repeat, but this is who these guys are. And for better – and I mean that for better or for worse. And there's going to be games in the next several weeks where it looks like it's for worse where it just looks like they're an unplayable. Like they could get the fourth seed while playing seven people. It is yeah. bizarre. And one of those seven has made, hasn't made a three pointer since uh, March 7th uh, and it's March 16th. So like, even then they're stretching the limits of what you would call a normal basketball rotation right now. Um, like the fact that like they basically right now are only playing two bench players and the two bench players are Kleba and green like you said, Green kind of, you know, Green is doing some things and he's chaotic and, and he does uh-huh. good things and he does bad he did, things. He was kind of nice in the defense but just crazy. because he's bouncing around. Yeah. You know, it, like they, he's just, he's a, he's an X factor. Right. But it's just crazy to think about, like, they're only playing seven guys and two of the seven are far from, like, consistent day out, sure, sure things that, like, uh, that you can rely on. So, I mean, it almost feels like they only have five guys that they can really truly honestly trust uh, to play extended minutes. Uh, and Kleba kind of has to, because I mean, he was part of that group and he just has to find his way out of this slump. I mean, it's just crazy looking at his game log uh, since the all-star break. I mean, he's made, I mean, the Mavericks have played eight games and he's made three, three pointers in those eight games while averaging yep. about, you know, 20 to 25 minutes a game. I mean, it's just, it's horrifying, and I, you know, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> but they're winning than, anyways, right? But they're know, and so it's like that's so where you good. come back to like maybe this swings at some point, right? Um, He's they getting just it out of the system. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing you do is you drop into our Slack where it just looks like things are dark as hell, and then it's like, oh, then they win the game, and you're like, well, I guess the Mavericks are never losing again, which is fine by us. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, that's the thing. Uh, I gotta, I gotta interrupt to read this. This so Nick, uh, Nick Angstad, you guys all know him. You listen to Locked On Mavs if you listen to us. Um, He's doing some post-game coverage, and he said, Spencer done what he said, that after he hit a shot, he hit the shot, he went over to the sidelines and saw Mavs president Nico Harrison and vice president Michael Finley and thanked them for taking a chance on him, and he has the video. It's good. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. It like, this is this is good moment type stuff. I'm really, yeah. Yeah. This is great. And yeah. It's, there's, I mean, it's, it's a good ride, and like I said, a lot of this is going to be like kind of narrative talk and less – just analyzing what's happening on the court. But like I said, it's just a night and day difference uh, in terms of just the watchability, the entertainment, just how the team interacts with each other just feels different. Um, And I don't want to like get preachy here, but you know, with us, there's going to be 
in the, the ensuing days. There's going to be a lot. I mean, it's already happened. Like, they're going to lose a stupid the, game. Well, no, no. I'm talking about like there's already been like the I told you so's and, and like the train oh, yeah. gotcha and like about things that we said earlier in the season. And for me, it's like whatever. You know, I mean, you when you when you do oh, yeah. this game that we play, you're going to be wrong. Um, so it's fine. But like for me, it's like they did the thing like the, yeah. <laughs> like the thing that we've been screaming about above all else for the last, you know, two and a half years to three years has been, they got to do something else. Right. Mm-hmm. And they did something else. They shook up the roster in the most significant way possible by trading Chris Dops, who was, you know, their quote unquote, second best player the second most important player. And you can't really shake up a roster bigger than that outside of trading Luca or trading like eight guys. So like, I'm satisfied. Like they did the thing. They, they did the thing we wanted them to do, and the team's winning. So I'm completely happy. And if people want to, like I told you, show or try to do gotcha for old takes, like let's go ahead. It's fine. No, being wrong, care. like like They're being doing wrong, and them them winning is the ultimate. Like we would much rather them win than lose. But like there's what I'm just trying no to say other, is yeah. we're not even that wrong. Like in a you know we were wrong about maybe specific uh performances on guys and you know sure. you've had a me culpa on brunson and i know i've been harder on D- dorian finney smith than i probably should have be but just like the grand scheme of things like they did the thing we wanted them to do and now they're winning so like this is great i'm i'm ecstatic as someone though you know covers and watches this team like yeah uh, yeah you know, thank you for finally doing something different yeah no, this is this has been a lot of fun, and so everyone should enjoy. Um, the the Utah is currently up eight on Chicago. Don't know who's going to win or lose that game, but the Mavericks are currently in four in the fourth seed. So maybe we should enjoy being mm-hmm. in the fourth seed for uh, forty five minutes until Utah comes back and or and uh, Utah defeats um, Chicago. Well, um, I hope everybody writes stuff about this game, but also um in the coming days let's see here um in the morning we got a piece going up on guys you should consider watching in the ncaa tournament the next couple of days um coming from our our dude luke we'll probably do a few more things sort of related to that the mavericks play again on friday i think i should know this i never know when the maps play it's it's embarrassing it's like i like being surprised every day um dallas plays on the Sixers on Friday again at 6 p.m. A 6 p.m. start time. Josh, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful Luby start time. Everybody, we get to get on with our evening and enjoy our Fridays. Um, a win against the, you know, you and I talked before this stretch and we sort of were looking. We said, you know, if they come out of this stretch two and three, I think we'd be excited. And they're currently <laughs> two and oh. No, they're currently three and oh because of the Rockets. Well, was it the Rockets game? No, it was, it was starting with the Boston because it was Boston, Brooklyn, Philly. Uh, what was it? Bro- they Boston, play Charlotte Philly, and then they play Charlotte, Minnesota. Minnesota uh, is the kind of yeah. X factor game because Minnesota has been playing out of their minds lately. Yeah. Um, but so it's like, it was this five game stretch. We said we'd kind of be content with two and three and they're currently two and oh. So <laughs> I feel like we're all winners. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel great. Uh, well, if you uh, stay tuned um, and look for tomorrow, I'm probably going to post the green room probably around lunchtime for anybody who's hardcore um and then we will uh either you or me will do a moneyball minute um for friday morning because there's been some really good map stuff that's come out the last couple of days from people that aren't us that i'd like to talk about but i don't want to take everybody's time tonight so josh do you have anything before we go no i'm good just enjoy the vibes it's that's fun. right that's right and enjoy uh some ncaa tournament action guys mm-hmm. we'll talk to you soon have a good day